Then you'll have plenty to eat, and you will build good houses and live in them. Your cattle, sheep, and goats will grow large. You will get plenty of gold and silver. You will have plenty of everything. When that happens, you must be careful not to become proud. You must not forget the Lord your God. You were slaves in Egypt, but he made you free and brought you out of that land. This is the word of the Lord. So, wow, it doesn't get much more exciting than this, does it? The children of Israel, they have wandered in the, in the wilderness for 40 long years. This is a new generation. Most of the people that had left Egypt with Moses had already died. So this was a new generation. There they were on the brink. This is a story that started way back in Genesis with the promises to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And it touches base here. And it touches base on the crucifixion of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus. And it touches base every time a non-Jew becomes a Christian, or in fact a Jew becomes a Christian these days. And it will finish at the end of time. So this is an enormous story, and we're picking it up just in a tiny bit of it. There they are, gathering. They can see the promised land. It's just there. But they're not going in yet. It's really within spitting distance. But they've been here twice before, and they've blown it. And they've had to go back into the wilderness. And so they're gathered. And they want to hear what Moses has to say to them. Moses, now an old, old man. Probably walking with a stoop. His grey hair, probably white now. Maybe even glinting in the sun. As he gets up to address them for a last time. He won't be going into the promised land with them. But this is Moses who brought them out of Egypt. Moses who saw the burning bush. Moses who went up into Sinai and talked with God. Moses who argued with God and debated with God. So whatever it is he has to say, his last words to these people he has loved and cared for for 40 long, long years must be really important. And they'd all be listening for him, listening for every single word. I don't know about you... But sometimes when I've done something really brilliant, and I admit that doesn't happen too often, but when I've done something really, really brilliant, I think, wow, I'm quite good at that. I don't know what, what it is you've, you've done well lately. Perhaps you've done really well in a test at school, made a beautiful picture, written a fantastic poem. Perhaps it's your first job and you're getting a salary for the first time. Perhaps a first home. I know my own particular dismal failing was every time 
I had a baby, I just thought I was the most incredibly brilliant person in the universe because I had created the most fantastic, beautiful baby that had ever been born. And of course, I didn't create it. I didn't create my babies, God did. We don't earn our salary, God blesses us. We don't paint beautiful pictures. It's God's creative gifts within us. And this is what Moses is saying to his people. He's saying, this is the most amazing gift that God could give you. Even the rocks have got rare and beautiful minerals in them. The soil is fertile. There's amazing waterfalls. The soil will grow whatever it is you want to grow. You can build your houses. But when you build your houses, and when your fruit trees are laden with fruit, and when you're sitting back after a good meal, just remember where the blessings have come from. Everything, every blessing is from God. And that is enshrined in Jewish law. Later on in the Bible, Leviticus has the most complicated and complex laws that, frankly, nobody gets their head round. But what it's enshrining is to remember that every blessing comes from God. Everything that is good comes from God. And those laws in Leviticus go one stage further. They say not only does everything come from God, but when you are blessed, it is up to you, it is your duty to bless others. And often in our arrogance, I know I forget that every blessing comes from God. I have a tendency to think, wow, I did that really well, and forget I have a tendency to rush out and think, oh, I haven't got time to pray. And of course, that's the biggest arrogance and the biggest mistake anybody can make. And so we come to God in our confession that we say together. It's printed on page four. And we say it together, remembering that when we come to God in faith, he will forgive us. Loving God, forgive us when we take you and everything you give us for granted. Forgive us when we waste our food and throw so much away. Forgive us when we moan and fail to thank you, when we talk and refuse to listen, when we are quick to judge and slow to forgive, and for the times when we hold back and refuse to share. Loving God, help us to change we think we think and act, so that with thankful hearts we will know the joy of sharing and showing a loving concern for all people. Amen.